The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stellwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Schmitty Balls. She's Victoria Stillwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. So... What? What? Why did I bring up sweaty balls? <laughs> it's a Saturday Night Live skit. Well, we were talking about Saturday Night Why? Live. You were saying that was one of your favorite sketches. It is, but... Uh, oh, okay. I'll just be careful what I say next time. Because it is one of the best SNL sketches yes. ever. Best no, I, you know what? I think it is because you said that, that I sounded like oh, I was like, one of the people. I had that sort of radio kind of PBS voice voice that was very short something maybe that was it yeah i don't know i was just thought that was odd yeah and then you know so that we played every week yeah do you know there's only a few days till christmas i know i mean a few days few weeks well that's a few days too depending on how you look at it a year a month a week and hanukkah yeah well hanukkah started uh last sunday the 6th so yes happy hanukkah um i forgot last week on our podcast I was going to mention it, and I'll tell you why. Because Latka Palooza has to be post-Hanukkah for us because we're busy during Hanukkah doing Hanukkah stuff. So we do Latka Palooza every year. Hope you'll be there. I hope to be there, too. Um, so, so that's why. So we're just going to extend Hanukkah through the entire holiday season. And why not? Yes, exactly. I mean, our Christmas really starts from Thanksgiving, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does really. Well, nowadays, if you go into the store, it starts from Halloween. But whatever, you know. Yeah. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Or even before sometimes Halloween, Ridiculous. there's Christmas stuff up there. Ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. But I love the holidays because you always have a special visitor. I do. And today's special visitor is none Wait, other. We should, what? You, you should just do, like, what's my line? Like, you know, we'll, like, just give a little bit of yourself and then we figure out who you are. Okay, so... Introduce yourself, but don't say your name. Just say, I am from and what you do. Hello, well, I am from Wimbledon, uh, which is London, where the, many of the famous tennis players, uh, um, we watch them every June for two weeks. And Wimbledon is reasonably quiet place until those two weeks. And then we get all completely inundated with really thousands of people from all over the world. And actually, it is fascinating to walk along Wimbledon Village and see, you know, say hello to people. They could come from Australia, America, <laughs> you name it, they come. Ladies and gentlemen, the Queen of England, Elizabeth II. Okay. Yes, here she is. <laughs> Please don't overdo it. <laughs> Actually, no, she's my mother. But she does she does have the most wonderful British accent. She has a great oh, radio gosh. voice too. Yes, I love your accent. You do, you sound like the Queen should sound. Oh my goodness me, they, they want something from me because they don't give me such compliments. <laughs> no, it's true, you do. You have a, you have a really great voice. For, I have, my voice is kind of... No, I like your voice. It's funny because for you know those of us who don't live in England and you see like the Queen or you see Prince Charles and you see Kate or, or William or Harry, we don't really hear them talking. It's not like here where people are on TV a lot. And so you don't really know what their voices sound like. I couldn't tell you what... 
Kate sounds like, and I only know the Queen from her Christmas address. That's it. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, don't know. So if we told everybody the Queen was here, they'd believe it. Yes, they would. Mm-hmm. They'd say the Queen is here in our studio. Mm-hmm. Oh dear! <laughs> don't 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 ever do it. Don't ever believe a thing we say now. No. Yes, yeah, she is like a Queen in our house, though. Um, yes, my dearest mother is come to visit us for a couple of weeks, and I took her down to Savannah. How was that? It was beautiful, wasn't Actually, it? Actually, it's lovely. Yes, we were unfortunately we arrived in the pouring rain, but the next day it was absolutely beautiful. What did you do? And I, well, really, we we know we took a coach. Uh, a bus, yes, a coach we did ride, one of these. Oh my gosh! If you go to Savannah, mm-hmm. do the old Savannah tours oh, because at each stop they have a costumed somebody mm-hmm. come in a character, and it was brilliant. It was brilliantly done. There's quite a few tours that you can mm-hmm. choose from, and uh, but we had a great time. And of course, Savannah is so beautiful because of these squares Mm -hmm. with these live oaks and the Spanish moss and what they call uh, something fern that grows on these live oaks, uh, resurrection fern, mm. just be- and all of these, it's like a symbiotic relationship. The Spanish mm-hmm. moss doesn't damage the trees, the fern doesn't damage the trees, and these trees are, are 300 plus years old. And so I think it's really great that that we have these places in the United States mm-hmm. where you can see where the, the sort of the founding fathers, as it were, came and built from not the founding <laughs> fathers, you know, I'm sorry, not, no, no, the, the, the people that came from, from England to settle. Yes, Savannah, that's what happened. What? Why I thought a lot of Irish came during the potato famine. No, but, no, 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 no. Okay, well then Oglethorpe came from England to set up a utopia mm-hmm. in America, and they set up. The, there was this big experiment to set the up this Pinto, utopia. The Maria, the Santa Maria. I think was that was the, the Mayflower. Sen- no, no, no. no I don't know what it was. But <laughs> was anyway, there was there was a whole group of settlers kidding. that came to Savannah. It was about in the 1730s to build this utopia. And to to create sort of British Georgia, as it were, to create mm-hmm. Georgia. And very brave people who came here. We learned all about Oglethorpe. And we learned all about Noble Jones and these people that really did found Savannah. So they are, uh, maybe founding fathers is the wrong word to use in this case, but they did found that part of Savannah. And they had to protect it from the Spanish in Florida. And they had to protect it from the French in New Orleans. And you You're come like, to me for your history lesson because now I feel like I know more about your country than you do. You are, now, tell me, why do you call them live oaks? That's interesting because I know that they're actually um, they don't lose their leaves. No, all, they, and they? that's the reason why they, you call. They don't lose oh, their see. leaves during winter time at all. Where um, other oak trees do, yeah. live oaks actually are green all through but all throughout the year. Those, the squares uh, in Savannah are absolutely uh, are beautiful. You know, they have, I don't know how many squares there are like that, but there really are, you know, I was going around with my camera and uh, taking these, these gorgeous pictures, and especially when the sun was shining. It, it was really very beautiful. It was beautiful. We had a great time. And so, of course, this is a time when family comes, and this is the time when we remember people that aren't with us. And uh, my blessed, blessed father-in-law, and, you know, we, uh, we miss him very much, and uh, my own father as well that um, can't be here with us. So it's a blessing that you're over here, Mum. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, may, may it be many more. So we try and get her over to America twice a year, and then I go over to England when I work over there. So um, that's it. Thanks, Mum. Not at all. Well, I've been enjoying uh, meeting you all and uh, speak to you again soon. I love when she comes. And I've just learned something. You're like a chihuahua. I like to wind you up and let you go. Like, you just kind of, like, poke the bear and you just go. What like, do you mean? I don't, you'll go back and listen to the podcast. 
<laughs> what, so I sort of launched in my whole thing about Savannah and the yes. and the but and I'm like, what? No, and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but wait a second. So founding fathers is really when we say founding fathers, it's the the people who it's, it's everybody. It's everybody who founded. It's America. Yes, of course. You're in America. So you're America. So the founding fathers are the people who founded America. We're talking about the people who signed the Declaration of Independence. But does that not mean also the people who came to to settle in this country and it doesn't mean that at all those are the settlers so they're settlers so we call them the settlers we call them the settlers okay, okay. oh wait look at now we have another and actually okay. alex your daughter alex is actually in school now so maybe she actually knows what's Please going put on. me straight <laughs> so the founding fathers are mm-hmm. people who founded america mm-hmm. okay and one of them was alexander they... hamilton and He's like this really cool person. Did you see the musical? I haven't seen the musical, but I've listened to every single song in the track. So it's really good. It's called Hamilton, and you should go see it. Well, you can go see it if you get a ticket. We were in New York City, and we tried to Mm. get it. There's no way you can get a ticket for love nor money. It doesn't matter who you know. It doesn't matter who you are. You can't get it. So the only way you can get they have 20. They release 20 seats per day, Mm -hmm. per performance, and you uh, can get it by lottery. So you have Mm -hmm. to go there two hours before where you put your name down, and then, uh, isn't it, about an hour before before the show, show they pick all these names out of the hat 20 seats for ten dollars per seat Mm. and it's in the front row so we tried the lottery three times didn't we but we did get it but we are huge hamilton musical fans Mm -hmm. so if you if you if you go to broadway i mean that's the show to go see yeah nobody wants to open a show on broadway uh this year because they know it's going to sweep the tonys so you'll see that everyone's (laughs) skittish i actually have a friend who um is a director on Broadway, and when I was there, Hamilton was off Broadway, and I said, what should I go see? And he said, oh, definitely go see Hamilton. It's going to Broadway. You'll never get a ticket. And I was like, eh, I don't know. So can I just say something? Yes, yes of course. Please I'm do. going to absolutely ace history next year because we're oh. doing American history, and mm-hmm. I have all the dates by memory because of the songs. That's amazing. You know what? It isn't that great to know that uh, the fact that not only is it good for kids and all of us to brush up on our history, but then also I love the fact that young people are going to the theater. Yeah, and it's really they good. They are, and I, you know, she's she's right. I mean, this this Hamilton is um, a musical that's written by um, Lin Manuel mm-hmm. Miranda, mm-hmm. and he it, it is a musical about the life of Alexander Hamilton mm-hmm. and started the treasury uh, and all of that. exactly and uh, the American financial system and. So so it's great for kids to learn about. It's great for, for us to learn about it. And next time I'll – I won't say Founding Fathers. It's okay. You tried. It was really nice. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I think I know more about British history than American history. <laughs> well, I believe we're going to have a quiz later, um, so we'll know. But you know what? Um, why don't yeah. I do this? Why don't I tax you with some questions that you do know about um, when I do Ask Victoria? It's animal questions. Um, you can ace those. So let's make you feel a little better. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what? What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't know my dog. Just ask Victoria. 
Ask Victoria is brought to you by Zooks. Dogs delight in learning and Zooks provides the energy they need to fuel every training session. For 20 years, Zooks has created natural treats that energize and entice your dogs with wholesome, antioxidant-rich ingredients. Zooks are as nutritious as they are delicious. Learn more at zooks.com. Okay, let's go right to our first question to Missouri and Vicky. And her question, um, she says, Vic, I've added a two- to three-month-old rescue female puppy to our household of two male and one female dog. So it sounds like this is the fourth dog in. The problem is with the four-year-old male. He is vicious and tries to attack the puppy. What do I do? We've had her for three days, and I'm really worried about her. The puppy looks like a possible red bone mix, and the four-year-old may be a lab and hound. Oh, dear. Yeah, I, uh, it's really important when you, before you bring another dog into a multi-dog household, is to make sure that they're all going to get on with each other, and um, you can do that by introducing them outside, see how they are, bringing them into the house, not making a commitment until you know that they're all going to get on. Because if they don't get on, now you've got an issue now of all dogs being stressed within the house. Mm-hmm. So, but now the dog's there, how are you going to? How are those two dogs going to get on? Well, I think it's now a question of management. You've got them all in the house now. You've got to manage the situation so that it, so violence or um, stuff doesn't happen. And um, so that does mean separation. And it does mean full-time supervision when the dogs are together. So you've got a four-year-old dog. You've got a puppy now. You don't know if that four-year-old dog is reacting ne- negatively because the puppy's being annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I a mean, little brother or sister. There like. you go. <laughs> and, and, you know, and the four-year-old's just like, enough already. So I, that means that you have to be there to supervise all interaction mm-hmm. and to create space. Dog, four-year-old dog was there first. So you make sure that um, four-year-old dog has four-year-old dog's bed and all the, the, the normal the, – the, basically the four-year-old does what – he's used to doing all the mm-hmm. time. So his kind of his nose is not put out of joint and that mm-hmm. puppy has to fit in with everybody else's life. And that means that maybe puppy sleeps in a different area or puppies in a crate whilst the others are out. And then puppies out when the others are away or when this four year old's uh, away. And then good things happen when they're together. So take them out for a walk. So, or what does your four year old dog love doing? And, Allow your dog to do that and bring the puppy in when your dog is doing that so that they have good social and and situational experiences around each other. And I'm hoping that that should do it because I think, you know, you can do these training sessions where you bring the puppy in and the existing dog gets loads of delicious food happening in and then when you take the puppy out, the food stops. Bring the puppy in, loads of wonderful things happen to the uh, other dog puppy goes out it stops so now the the older dog begins to see well whenever pup comes in wonderful things happen to me makes me feel good i.e puppy makes me feel good now you can do things like that but i do think it's a question of training and management getting them to have good experiences together and just really being there to supervise all interactions so you never get a fight or you never get an injury it never gets to that point it really gets to that point where the older dog is injuring the younger one, then you might have to rethink bringing another dog into your household. 
And would you do that with just the older dog and puppy and not introduce the other two dogs when that's happening? Or is there some point when you bring in all of the dogs because the dynamics will change when the other two dogs come in? Yeah, I like to do, first of all, when you bring a new dog into a house, I like to do all of the introductions, single dog, so dog on dog. So um, you would do, in this case, you would do three separate introductions. They would all be on neutral territory. Mm -hmm. Then you would put two dogs together with Mm -hmm. the puppy. And then you'd get the three dogs together with the puppy. So it's it's slowly Mm -hmm. and surely. But you know that there's going to be a little tension to begin with because... The three existing dogs now have to assimilate a new dog coming into their environment, which does change the dynamic. And if the if the puppy is especially feisty or bossy, mm-hmm. um, then then you could have issues. It sounds like this four-year-old is not happy and is reacting in a very negative way. And how important is it at that point, too, to make sure you train that puppy so the puppy's not jumping all over and listens to commands so that you can control what's happening? Yeah, and, you, you know, you can't do it all the time because, again, right. it's like having a little two-year-old or a little a little baby with um, an older dog and something that's just, you know, so that means all the training in the world, mm-hmm. your, your puppy's still a puppy mm-hmm. and it's going to go through adolescence. So it's going to mm-hmm. go, whatever your training is, it's just a general kind of lifestyle. Okay. Here's one. It's a little lengthy, but I think this is a really important one because um, uh, I think a lot of people have some of these issues. So Lisa from Finley, Pennsylvania says, I have a five-year-old German shepherd who's very aggressive and it seems to be getting worse. At first, it was just when she was in her crate. Then it was when my husband got up to go to bed. Now it's any time either of us get up off our chairs or couch, or even if I pick up the remote, she thinks I'm turning it off and going to bed, even if it's in the middle of the day. Very mean barking, and my husband will get right back at her, and then she starts snarling and snapping. We've tried back. We've tried everything. Bark collar, spray can, empty can with pennies to rattle. I don't know what to do. Otherwise, she's very loving and cuddly. I know I see. For the record, you can't see Victoria, but she's cringing. We don't have money for a trainer, but she's a big chicken. So when someone comes to our house, she hides behind me or my husband. So I don't think she'll show her aggressive behavior. She also barks aggressively at dogs on TV and pulls so bad we cannot walk her. A trip to the vet is very traumatic for all of us. I don't think I've heard of a more insecure dog in my life. You hit the nail right on the head so that when you become confrontational and you tell that dog off or you you spray collars or anti-bark collars or you throw cans, oh, my God, you're just making the situation work. You might as well be putting paraffin on the fire. Mm -hmm. You might as well just be lighting it up because that's what you're doing. You have to do a complete 180, change, change everything that you're doing with this nervous dog. And dogs that I've had, lots of dogs, funnily enough, German Shepherds, really Mm -hmm. interesting. When you're sitting down, it's the status quo, it's kind of safe. Mm -hmm. Any changes, especially for sensitive dogs, nervous dogs, any change, even just somebody moving uh, can elicit a reaction. (gasps) It's almost like a a jump and then it's not a dog misbehaving. It's a dog reacting to a sudden change of environment or situation. Mm-hmm. And it's because that dog can't cope. Mm-hmm. So yelling at it or telling it off or bark collars or whatever, that's that's just trying to suppress behavior. You're not actually getting to the root of why this dog's doing it. So what I do is change it. Mm-hmm. So I like to have, I'll give both of them a treat pouch. Mm-hmm. And I assume the dog's food motivated. Maybe mm-hmm. this is, does well with food, but you can also do toys if the dog's not. And um, 
So what happens is this I make a I do a cue like getting up. So I'm I'm instead of startling the dog that I'm suddenly moving, I'm now telling the dog I'm going to get up. Mm-hmm. And I go getting up, I take a treat out of my pouch and I throw it away from me. I throw it away so the dog goes to get the treat as I get up. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I do that every single time I get up from the sofa, every single time I go to bed, every single time. So does the husband, uh, the whole, you know, every single time you move. Mm-hmm. So now what you're doing is you're building up a habit, a ritual of behavior that the dog now is no longer startled when you move, because I think it's a startled response, no longer startled when you move, no longer trying to control environment, because that's what he's trying to do. Because um, is it female, male, it's a, female? I think it's a, it doesn't say, but I think it's male. Nervous, because start, you know, when they do, when they will react negatively when oh, they're it's nervous. Oh, female, I'm female. sorry. She okay. also barks. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and now you're actually, you're saying, I'm going to move. Mm-hmm. Getting up. And now she's seeing getting up as a good thing rather than mm-hmm. as a negative thing. But you're always giving her feet, always telling her what you're doing so she's not startled. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And when she's not that, she's going to quit the barking. So you see how they, uh, no, through no fault of their own, I'm not blaming mm-hmm. them, but they're tackling it in a completely the wrong way. Mm-hmm. They're trying to sort of stop the bad behavior when, in fact, they're misunderstanding why she's doing it. But when you turn it around and you actually make her more confident, she's going to stop barking. I like it. See, that's actually, that's it. And it's almost an easier fix than trying to a bark collar or a shaking a can. Oh, but it's so like beautiful that. and mm-hmm. it works so well. I've done it so many times. It works so well awesome. because you know what you're doing when you're throwing that treat, mm-hmm. you're actually um, encouraging your dog seeker system. And when you encourage dog seeker system, a, i.e. to go hunt, Mm-hmm. The dog's using its nose. When the dog's using its nose, it feels good. When the dog is fi- trying to find food, it's feeling good. That increases the levels of the neurosma- neurotransmitted dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is your kind of, you know, you your doggy high, hormone. your doggy cocaine. Yeah. You know, you feel high um, and um, you're increasing the levels of dopamine in the brain. You're getting your dog to think rather than emote. Mm-hmm. When you're getting your dog to think rather than emote, your dog is going to think and work rather than react. You're letting the dog make good choices because they do make choices. They do make choices. And this is a better choice. I like it. Okay. Um, let's get to, um, this is Emily in Wisconsin and she has a four-year-old Pomeranian and who has never had issues with people in the past. She's made it very clear that she doesn't like my boyfriend specifically. She will pee and poop inside right in front of him even after he just took her out to go potty. She also has done this on the bed, the couch, which has never happened before. I don't know what to do um, to work through this issue, but we will be moving in with each other in the next few months, which means she will be around him a lot more. Mm. Change the boy. Can you not change the boyfriend? <laughs> Does the dog know something we don't know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, so four-year-old. Well, I mean, we don't know if the dog was a rescue and maybe doesn't like men or if it's just this boyfriend. Yeah, maybe, you know, it's interesting how we anthropomorphize and um, she writes that, that the dog doesn't like her boyfriend. It might not be because the dog doesn't like the boyfriend. It might be because the dog's frightened of or, the boyfriend. Or jealous. Could be jealous. But it, normally dogs will... Well, okay, interesting because she says that she walks he, when he walks her. She doesn't. He doesn't pee and poop in front of her, but does it when when they come home. So maybe she's not confident in toileting because you know the actual action of toileting in front uh, toileting for mm-hmm. a dog renders that dog vulnerable for the the duration of toileting. So the dog might not feel comfortable about toileting 
in front of in him? In front of him. Or does it do um, it in front of him when they get back from the walk? Um, or is it I like don't know. It, it dis- so mm-hmm. even after he took her out to go potty, um, she will poo and Oh, wait, wait a second. She will pee and poop inside right in front of him. Right, she so she's being inside. a little rebellious. I don't know if it's rebellious. <laughs> I don't know. She's done this on the bed because it's such an expression. That sounds like almost jealousy because I wonder if the dog slept on the bed before and now the boyfriend's well, on the bed and this is my... Like, there's different... There's, there's, I, dogs can get jealous. There's no doubt about it. But I think there's also anxiety going on here. I really do think, and you know what? Maybe it's a question of what is the dog's favorite thing to do? Is it, you know, maybe it's the, the boyfriend starts to feed the dog more. The boyfriend mm. starts to do this. The boyfriend starts to give the dog the best food, the best treats, the best, um, something like that to gain trust. Um, and she has an enjoyable experience every time she's with the boyfriend. Yes. The dog, I mean. Yeah. I'm sure the girl does too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, that's a question, you know, and I, I think when, when you link that person to something great mm-hmm. and something fun, then um, then the dog can suddenly see them in a different light. Mm-hmm. And it's really important, however frustrated the boyfriend gets. And I understand how frustrating it mm-hmm. must be for them. Try not to get angry with her because one time telling her off, one time telling her off, she's going to remember that. Mm-hmm. So make sure it's the girlfriend that tells her off, not the boyfriend. No, don't, don't kind of. The boyfriend should be yeah. all good feelings with the dog. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. So, um, all right. And I have one um, last question, and this is a really good one. This is Joan in Illinois. Um, my husband passed away two months ago, and my very clingy wine moroner has been spending a lot of time in her kennel that she very seldom used to before. What can I do to help her? I try to do activities that she loves, but sometimes she loves it. Other times, not so much. I've tried coaxing her out, and she comes, but she'll go right back into her kennel. That is terribly sad. That is really sad. And I'm so sorry for your loss. And um, your dog is mourning. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. People don't know. I think people aren't aware of the fact that dogs have very human emotions in some instances. They do, and... You know, this is very sad. This is very sad. So I think the fact that you're you're doing stuff with her that is enjoyable, I just say just continue doing that. Continue doing that. Maybe, okay, maybe create. It's only been two months, so time yeah, it's does Yeah, very, heal. very. I, I was, I, I was going to say maybe remove the crate so that, but I still think it's important at this point that she has that sort of safe place that she can go to or feel like she can go to. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean to say you can't move the crate to a different area of the house or a different part of the room, start to change things up again, a bit of new bedding, things like that, start to make scenarios a little bit different because I bet she's also picking up on the fact that uh, maybe of your sadness too. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think you, you I, I think she's going to heal and you carry on doing what you're doing, but I think she's just going to need time like you're going to need time. And like a lot of people love and attention and just affection and yes. just, you know, acknowledgement too. But bless you know, your heart. I, I, I really, I really sympathize with you. I think this would be um, a good topic. Maybe we should get uh, somebody on to talk about dogs in mourning and, you know, because they do. I, I, I mean, the good news, if there is good news, Joan, is that, I mean, I've had animals go through. I had a dog and a cat brother and sister and the cat, the sister died and the I'm sorry, two cats and the other cat mourned the, you know, the death. Mm-hmm. I've had one dog, you know, I've always had two of everything. And when one passes, the other one does go through a mourning period and it lasts a while. But, you know, just like people, though, I think in a lot of ways they're resilient and they do 
move on. You know, it's okay. You know, like they say, it's okay to be sad and you got to work through it. Um, but I know times uh, that sounds awful. Everyone's time, but time will help. Yes. Hopefully. Certainly. certainly. We're thinking about you, you. Joan. Yes. We're sending you our best. Thanks, Vic. Those were really good questions. You answered a lot of good questions. Let's jump right into the let's embarrass and humiliate Holly segment. Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy. Here we go again, Holly. And, you know, it's not just you this time. It's both of us. I love it. So you can feel like when that music starts, you know, it's a Pavlovian response. (laughs) Like I start to get like a little... Nervous I start to and dry mouth. Yeah, well, I get dry mouth and my heart kind of goes a little bit. And like, okay, here we go, like a oh. roller coaster. Oh, we go. We got two special guests with us. We've got my daughter Alexandra, Hello. and we've also got our wonderful friend Sophia. Hi, welcome, Hello. girls. And they put together an Animal Academy for all of us. So, how old not are you, just girls? Holly and myself, people at home too. How old are you? We're both eleven. Great. Yep. Just want to know if I'm stupider than an eleven-year-old, which I am. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we have six questions and... <laughs> so I can get six wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say you're bad, Holly. Well, you're we'll see. Bad. Okay. Well, it's fine. It's like so, she's training me like an animal. Nothing's bad. It's positive. Go ahead. This is the first question. What code name was given to Nazi Germany's plan to invade Britain during the Second World War? Oh, you're British, it's all you. Oh, yeah, I, I have to say that this is not, is not just about dogs, these questions are. <laughs> really? Sometimes Animal Academy is about <laughs> it's about other things. They didn't get the memo? Yeah, I don't think is. they got the memo. <laughs> all right, do you know what? I do know this, and it's uh-huh. really annoying because I can't remember it. I do know well, quite a lot about the Second World War. It would be orange, War. red, blue, darn yellow, it, green. Nazi invasion of, of, of Britain, yeah. wasn't it? Yep. Oh, cold man. Cold black, cold blue, cold orange. I would say darn cold it. orange. No, no, it wasn't. German. It was code red? Something. Code green? Oh, no, I've forgotten. When you say it to me, it would be really annoying. Okay, what I'm is going it? with it's, code red. It's the Operation Sea Lion. Oh, no, you I You said didn't what know color? That. No, what code name? Oh, I thought it was a color. <laughs> I That's why, why I was like she was red, talking orange, about orange, yellow. yellow. <laughs> Where did you think it was a color? I heard color. All right, give us the second <laughs> non-animal question, okay. or is this an animal this, question? Well, that was kind of an animal not question. Not animal. But it kind of was. Okay, carry on. Okay, so the second question is, which country only switched to the modern Gregorian calendar on January 1st, 1927? Can I just say, I had no idea what this was until I found out the co- the answer. So, is it, it's not the Vatican, is it? I was going to say the Vatican. That's what Where I was thinking. But then when she said she didn't know, she Vatican's knows what the Vatican tiny. is. You know what the capital of the Vatican is? The Vatican. Yeah. But so, but she knows the Vatican, is doesn't Is it not she? the Vatican? That's is it not the... No. Uh, well, then I know it's not. Well, the, her guess is the Vatican. Mine's not. Um, Cuba. No. What went to the Gregorian calendar? Well... Um, maybe let's go with, I'm going to go with, um, like something like Azerbaijan or something. I'm going to go with Cuba because I can't really think now. Okay. You're both wrong. It's Turkey. Oh, wow. I was kind of close. I was thinking it might be a Muslim country that doesn't have the Christian calendar. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Good good non-animal question there, girls. Okay. Genophobia is the fear of what part of the body? Genuphobia. I do know this too. You're the medical correspondent I know, I, here, Holly. I, I, I'm going to say like feet. I want to say feet. 
I think. What are you saying? Holly's I could be really feet. rude here. Genophobia? Mm-hmm. No, no, don't do it. Just okay. Don't do anything um, rude. It's about... <laughs> no, I won't. It's about um, fear of your hands. So, Holly feet, um, Victoria hands? Yes. Well, mama. Um, okay, so I don't understand how anyone would be scared of this, but your knees. Hmm. Knees? Knees. Wow. Yeah. I love oh, this one. Genuflect. Oh, genuflect. Yeah. Our producer just said I was genuflect. Like, what would you be afraid of? The only thing I can think of on the body that, like, feet, I'm not a big foot fan. That's why I thought of that. No, and you know what? You tell a good man, I'm, I, I like him. I'll start that I'll start again. start that again? <laughs> yeah, you got to have a, a man with good feet. A lot of men don't have so good feet. So they don't feet. fall over? Well, I don't know what it what? is, but but my husband no, has got good feet. No, mostly people have just stinky feet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. That's why you'd be afraid of them, so... All right, what's the next question? All right, the fourth question is, which country has a flag that is not rectangular? Oh. Uh, It's a triangle. No, it's a triangle. It goes like that, doesn't Mm it? Gosh, I know. It does. It kind of... mm. What country has a flag that's not rectangular? Somebody at home screaming, it's this, you ding-dongs. Um, I'm really sorry if I offend anybody by giving the wrong answer well, right now. It, it, I'd say like, Jerusalem, no. No, that's a square no. one. And I'm okay. thinking, and that's actually not a really a country, but... Um, You're right. Gosh, <laughs> darn it, I'm so stupid. <laughs> no, I am so the capital stupid. of Israel? Yes, very good. Israel. She just wanted to see if you knew that. Um, oh, so yeah. it's going to be like, I, I'm like going to go with like, it's got to be like Bermuda. I'm going with like Bermuda. Um... It's gotta be like an island. Um, 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 um. All right. Bermuda Triangle. <sighs> oh, see. I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Let's say. <sighs> Pick a country, any country. Bahamas. Yeah, just... Uh, both wrong. Oh, Sean, my husband, who happens to be here because he's my ride, knows that. It's Nepal. Nepal. There you go. It's Nepal. Oh my gosh. What? What? How, How do you know, know that, that and you don't even know which colors to put in the laundry with which color? <laughs> okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did shrink a sweater. Okay, that's the next podcast, Marriage Counseling. Carry on, girls. Okay. Now, I really hope you don't know this. because Thanks. You're welcome. So, what is the capital of Micronesia? <laughs> Silent amnesia. Micronesia. Amnesia. I know this. Oh, I can see it on the map, and I'm trying to zoom into the little black dot or the star with the capital. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I can't see it. I can't. I got to do this when I get more sleep. I might know. Do you want a hint or something? Sure. Okay. Okay. The hint is the first letter is P. That and could my, be anything. You don't know this, but my mom okay. is just staring at us with this look of what the heck. I have no so, idea. Okay, so just tell us what it put it out of our, put us out of our misery here. Palakir, or Palakir. however you say it. Palak. You spell it P A L I K I R. All right. No idea. I'm assuming is Palakir. All right. So traditionally, I have to or say Kerr. to you, Holly, my daughter does these quizzes mm-hmm. and they're always really random and really hard 
Well, you should have told me that it's before we started. It's my special. My ride's leaving. I have to go. Good luck with that on your own. Was that was that five nope. or six? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was five. Okay, so our last question say, is I told actually you. it's about an animal. Oh, good. Okay, there you go. But nowhere near a dog. Right. So what is a lamprey? It's a bird. It's a it's a bird. A lamprey's a bird, right? A lamprey. I sometimes have to lamprey, isn't it? You spell like it L A M P R E Y. I'm thinking of an osprey. P-R-E-Y. Is it a type of horse? No. no. Can I a, ask any questions? Lamprey. I wanted to say, but I think I'm thinking of osprey. Yeah. Uh, lamprey. Maybe it's a type of a. Um, it's got to be a type of like um. It's a dolphin or something. Is it like some kind of fish? There you go. Fish. You got it. It's a fish. Yes, there we go. Gosh. What up, what up? Holly, she won it. She oh, won yeah. it. Hey, you didn't get all of them wrong. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You should never doubt yourself. It's really sad. Thank you, girls. Now I feel Don't better. Don't stop believing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I can say that, Holly, you won that one. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Good guess, no. Thank you, girls. That was really good. That was Thanks great. Next well, time. thanks for coming on the podcast, <laughs> Sophia and Alex. And um, <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. It was so much fun. All right. Don't forget, send us questions. Ask Victoria. So go to Positively.com slash Ask Victoria. And uh, if you want to see what the pod, what the uh, website's about, Positively.com, just take a look on it. It's great. And don't forget to submit your 12 Dogs of Christmas to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Victoria. And if you're wondering what our play-out music is, it is Hamilton the Musical. Ah, there you go. I'll see you one day, Holly, one day. I'll go with you. Bye, everyone. We are, we are meant to be a colony that runs independently. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Shot, I am not throwing away my shot. And yo, I'm just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and